welcome to Bad Thought Therapy. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, I wish I had a bell to ring for you. You can email me at badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. I have a website, badthoughttherapy.com. With badthoughttherapy.com, you can go there. There are tons of episodes. There's also a page called Support Groups, and you can connect with people who are there and here to help you. Everyone has bad thoughts, and we need to get healing and help for those bad thoughts. And you would be amazed once you start a journey of trying to heal, trying to constructively transform your thought life, your mind, everything else in your life will change. I am a witness that can testify of that truth. So if you are struggling with something, go to the support group's page and there's a group probably for you. If there's not, let me know. I can add it to the list because I am all about helping people get the therapy that they need, the bad thought therapy they need in order to transform their lives. So again, thank you for tuning in. Um, Something that I say all the time, and I mean this, if there is no sunshine on the outside, you create the sunshine on the inside. That is what you must do and be responsible for your life. So today I want to talk about the Nicholas Cruz case. And I think I'm going to talk about, call this the voices in your head. Um, life lessons from the Nicholas Cruz case. If you don't know who Nicholas Cruz is, he is the young man who pled guilty to killing 17 people at a school in Florida. Many more were injured. Um, He um, committed, admitted to the crime and he was sentenced recently. I think it was last week. And I knew that he was probably going to get life without parole instead of the death penalty because he kept pushing back the sentencing. And I knew that was a sign that he probably would not get the death penalty. The death penalty in for me is a gray shaded area. I am, you know, putting him to death would not bring back the lives of the people that he killed. I don't know if it would heal anybody, um, but I know that, and I was, and the reason why I sometimes do think the death penalty could have power to deter crime. So it's not so much about Nicholas Cruz being punished for his crime, but it's about um, the fact that maybe the death penalty, I don't know, maybe it would deter crime, but I'm real radical on the death penalty, and I don't even want to get into some of the ideas that I have about that that I know would work, but um, most people wouldn't go for it. So anyway, um, and, and let me just say this, in other countries, they don't have the same quantity of crime that we have, the level of crime that we have. They have crime everywhere as crime, but it's not the same in many countries because the punishment, people are so aware of the punishment and the consequences of committing a crime, you know, stealing, um, definitely killing somebody, that, that punishment is so great, that deters people from committing crimes. And I do believe that punishment can deter crime. And so, um, and in this country, some people would argue, well, 
he's going to get life without parole. He's He has now food, clothing, and shelter. You know, he's going to be in prison, but he's still going to live better than some people who are out of prison. Now, I'm not going to debate about that, but I do want to talk about the lessons from his story. According to some of the reports, and I don't get too deep into this because I try to guard my mind and I don't want to get down the rabbit hole, but according to the reports, um, Nicholas Cruz was was born from someone who was addicted to, I think, alcohol or drugs. He was adopted. Um, he had emotional and mental issues that were evident while he was in high school. And somebody, actually a security guard at the high school, predicted that he would come back and hurt people. And that's exactly, his prediction came true. What is interesting, when Nicholas Cruz first committed these crimes, I was still teaching. And I always try to use big news stories like this to teach my students a lesson. That's what I would do. I would take something that happened in the news and I would talk to them about it and I would try to get them to see the lessons in the story and understand cause and effect and consequences. And my whole goal was to try to get them to not make bad choices. So I was just that kind of teacher. I, I was focused on not just teaching the head, the content, the subject matter, but also teaching the heart. And I found these video clips of the officers interviewing Nicholas Cruz. And during those some of those interviews, these video clips, that it, Nicholas Cruz said he was hearing voices, that he kept hearing voices in his head telling him to do bad things. Now, here's what's interesting. Everybody has bad voices. Everybody hears a voice. I say that voices in your head are simply thoughts that appear audible. Um, I, it, some people will get into it from a spiritual perspective that they are real voices and it's spiritual and that there are spiritual forces that do speak to us, both good and bad. I've, I've heard some stories where people said they heard a voice and it saved their life. But many times in the cases of um, people like Nicholas Cruz who've committed brutal crimes, and this was premeditated by the way, this crime was planned, he knew what he was going to do, he had planned it, he was intentionally trying to hurt people, and it was malicious, but he said he heard voices. So I want to just talk about the voices because we all have heard them or we all feel or think that we've heard a voice, both good and bad. And we, we don't, it's not something that most people are comfortable talking about publicly, like what the voice is telling them. But going back to when I was a teacher, I'm retired now, when I was a teacher and I was teaching middle school students, my last tenure as a teacher was in a middle school, um, I was talking to my students and do you know the majority of my students, this is sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, said that they had heard voices. And nine times out of 10, the voice they heard was telling them to do self-harm. So therefore, it's not, I don't believe that many children just can have a mental illness I, because I don't think it's about somebody having a mental illness. I think there is something about our human makeup and this part maybe of the brain has not been studied or this aspect of how we think and what we hear in our heads 
has not been studied enough to understand it because I, I still think it's a mystery, but I just want to point out that we all hear voices. And these students shared with me some very, very disturbing things. And most of the things they said was it was self-harm or hurt somebody else. What's interesting is that they did not listen to the voice. Now, they're young. They're, they're in middle school. I'm an adult, and I know what to do if I feel like a voice is telling me to do something crazy. Um, I don't have that a lot, but I have had that throughout my life. And it's just like, where in the world do these bizarre thoughts come from? But I know how to rebuke those thoughts and reject those thoughts. And what I want to share with you is you can too. Don't feel like there's something wrong with you or you're special in a negative way because you think you hear an audible voice because really what I believe is just thoughts and these thoughts and and I've said this before on my podcast many many times I can't say where these thoughts come from and why they come they come I'm not the one to try to get all deep and try to tell you where they come from I do think in general we do get them from our experiences we get certain thoughts from what we have seen and from what we have heard you have to be careful about what you see or about what you hear. You have to be real careful about how you process your experiences because our experiences shape the way we think. And this is why I do this podcast. You have to constantly assess what you're thinking because what you're thinking is going to determine the final outcome about your life. If you think of something over and over and over again, it is likely you will act on it. And I'm going to give you an example of something that's not harmful, but let's just say you feel like you want to eat a hamburger and you just keep thinking about hamburgers. You're going to a hamburger joint. You're going to stop by Burger King or Wendy's or McDonald's somewhere at some point because you're thinking about it all the time. Well, imagine other things. Imagine if you're thinking about sex all the time. Eventually, you're going to act on it. If you're thinking about money all the time, eventually you're going to do something to try to get money. It may not be bad, but I'm just saying you're going to act on it because you're always thinking about it. Think about, and I'm going to do an episode in this, uh, a jealousy. I'm going to do a big episode. I saw a story. I was trying to refine it, but it was about this girl in Pakistan and her friend threw acid on her because she was jealous of her. And this is the funny thing. When I tried to find that story, there were so many stories like that. That was insane. So just think about you being jealous of another person. You're not happy because they're successful or they're doing well. And you keep thinking and feeding that negativity. You're going to act on it in some way. It may not be that extreme and that evil, but it will happen. So we have to assess our thoughts and we have to make sure that our thoughts are of light, that they are positive, that they're constructive, that they build, that they're loving, that they're peaceful. You do not have to have negative, evil, dark thoughts in your head. You can kick them out. Just like if somebody knocked on your door and you did not want to open the, the door for that person, you wouldn't open it. You do not have to open your mind for negative thoughts. Your brain, and we don't learn this in school. We may learn how to read and write or some math we'll never use, but we don't learn 
that your brain and your mind is just like a remote control. You can choose what thoughts you're going to play out in your mind. Or you can stop those thoughts. It's like you can say, stop, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about this person. I'm not going to think about that incident. I'm not going to think about what I have or don't have. Whatever the thought may be, but you have control over the thoughts that you choose to meditate on. I, you might not have control, and I've had many conversations with different people about this, and this is so true. You might not control, for whatever the reason, a thought popping in your head. But you have control over the thoughts that you let stay there, that you let make a home there. You know, you don't even charge them rent, but they just living up in your head, and the thought is not something that is good and constructive. You can say, I kick you out. I'm not going to think about you. And I talked about a strategy that I use. There are many different strategies, but I want to talk about one real quick because it's on my mind and I got to get out of here. But I called it changing the channel. And I've written about this and I've talked about this where it started when I was a teacher. And at some point in my career, I just felt like the faculty meetings were negative. I don't know if administrators were trying to be negative, but it just felt that way to me. And we had faculty meetings at the end of the day. So I was already tired. I felt like I already had done everything I could as a teacher. And then I had to go to this meeting. And to me, the meetings were teacher bashing for the most part. That wasn't everything, but that was the majority of it. So I found a way to tune out because I just couldn't mentally handle the challenges of the job as a teacher. And then having to listen to someone tell us that we just were the cause of all the problems in the world and again I can't say that administrators were trying to do that because of their own ignorance and their lack of understanding and their issues that's what it sounded like and maybe I was interpreting it the wrong way so I started this was years ago I started tuning people out and I would do what I call changing the channel and I would have certain experiences that I would bring up in my mind that I wanted to focus on. So while they were talking, I might imagine myself being in Senegal, looking at the Pink Lake, or imagine myself in Jamaica, or imagine myself at home resting with a cup of coffee, or imagine my, or recall a memory of something beautiful, something good that had happened in my life. I learned that I could choose what I was going to think about, and you can too. Some people call it daydreaming, um, fantasy, people call it different things. But the reality is, and this is what I don't want you to miss, if a bad thought, if some thought feels like it's audible, sounds like it's audible, or it seems like it's audible, tells you to hurt somebody or hurt yourself, you can say, shut up. You don't have to listen to that voice and do it. If something tells you to hurt yourself and others, you can tell it to shut up. And you could say, no, I'm not going to hurt anybody. And this is what's deep. These 7th grade, 6th and 7th grade and 8th grade students said that's exactly what they did. They were like, no. They wouldn't do it. They resisted. Now, where does this come from? I'm not going to get that deep, but some people believe it's spiritual. I do believe that there are spiritual forces that work. 
we don't have to understand them and know all the intricate details about how they work, but it's real. And some of that spiritual energy is dark and negative and evil and wants to hurt. And then there's spiritual energy that wants to build and wants to help and wants to serve others. And there's a battle going on. And that battle can be going on in your head. It can be going on in your heart. It can be going on in your environment. And you have to resist evil and darkness. And Nicholas Cruz did not do that. The boys told him to hurt people and he went out. And I still think there are parts of this case, aspects of this case that have not been brought to the forefront because you cannot tell me that he did not use the guns that he used in advance. There was one story that he was using using guns and he was shooting them in his neighborhood. Nobody stopped him. That's another thing. You see somebody trying to hurt people and some people are so afraid that they're going to get hurt so they didn't say anything you know you don't go talk to a man with a gun but there were other things that could have happened I don't know if anybody tried to alert the police and I don't think they had those kinds of things are very painful to me and that hasn't been brought out enough but they they mentioned that but now they're saying no you know he just picked up one gun that was the first time he picked it up no this young man communicated to somebody that he was going to hurt people and at that point someone could have said you're going to have a mass shooting and thousands and thousands of people hundreds of people are going to you got exaggerate to get in the mood are going to get killed you know you got to exaggerate but 17 people died and many other people are permanently disfigured and injured for life and then you you take the families and this because of voices that he said were in his head. You better tell the voices in your head to shut up, to go to hell, to, to, to get out of your face, to get out of your head. You have to resist. Now, at the same time, if you feel like your voices aren't listening to you and you can't resist, you need to seek out professional help. You need to go to somebody and talk to somebody who is a professional. Right now, there are counselors, there are psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, there are all kinds of people who are getting their certification to try to help people. There are hotlines, go to my support group's page, but you don't have to hurt anybody. He's sitting in prison, he's never going to get out, and to be honest, I don't know if he feels any remorse or not. He he came on <clears throat> when they first had him appear in court and he admitted his guilt. He said he was sorry and he told the family that he loved them. And this is what he said to them. They had him talk to many different psychologists and they felt, I believe, that he could, that he was sane. I guess they can certify you as sane. <laughs> And they felt like he knew what he was doing, but he still got the life without parole and not the death penalty because they are considering these, you know, the situation with his mother and his birth. And I think the mother that adopted him, she later died. But because we go through bad experiences, it's not an excuse to hurt others. And that's what I want to say. I have said this so much on this podcast, and I'm going to have to start another podcast when I have talked about why people 
suffer unnecessarily. Life is hard, but you don't have to suffer. We go through painful moments, but they don't have to cripple you, paralyze you, imprison you. You can find the treasure in your trouble, but you cannot do it with the Most High God. Here I am again. I got to talk about this. And I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about you personally connecting with the one who created the sun. He was so perfect that he put the sun in our galaxy where if we were just a little closer to the sun, we would burn to death. And if we were just a little farther away, we would freeze to death. That God placed the sun. You know man didn't make the sun. So I'm talking about the one who is above man, the creator of heaven and earth. And you have to connect with this God because while you are here, this is just a comma. There is life after this life. And let me tell you, I can do podcasts on it. My sister died. I I was researching this thing. I was trying to understand it. And I'm telling you, I'm not taking chances with this. You have to make the connection. Well, you're asking how. And, and let me just say this. This connection will amplify his voice greater than all other voices you will hear his voice in your mind and in your heart and the creator of the sun is the one who wants you to live and live life abundantly and live life with joy and with peace and with love and with provision and with sanity and all those good things he wants you to have those things Now, I don't understand everything. I have concluded that God doesn't change life, but he changes us. So once you're born, trouble is an integral part of life. Pain is in life. You can't, it's inevitable that you're going to have painful moments and you're going to experience loss. You're going to experience frustration, disappointment. These things are a part of life. But when we walk with this creator, when we connect with him, we are able to feel a comfort and a peace that is beyond the human understanding of the mind. Some kind of way we'll still get up, we'll still breathe and move forward. And so that is why you have to connect. And how do you do it? It's simple. You talk to him, not the voice that's telling you to hurt people. Get in a quiet place. I cannot emphasize the importance of solitude where you get quiet. And then you may really start hearing some voices then. But if that voice is telling you to hurt somebody or hurt yourself, it's not of God. Because God is not going to tell anybody to go to a school and kill 17 people and shoot people down. And in some cases, some people were down and he shot them again multiple times he was maliciously trying to hurt people and he chose he said he chose valentine's day because he wanted them to have a bad memory of valentine's day i'm trying to tell you you don't have to do that because somebody i don't know who it is is listening to me and a voice is telling them to do something evil and you can tell that voice to shut up 
and to get out of your head. And if you resist, you will stop having those thoughts. And if you don't stop having bad thoughts once you resist, and sometimes it's a workout, but usually if you're having bad thoughts and you're feeding yourself with bad things, if you watch bad stuff and negative stuff and dark stuff over and over again, those things are going to amplify in your heart and in your head. If you listen to that stuff, you have to be real careful about the music that you listen to and the people that you listen to because some people, they're around people and all they're doing is, is telling them to do evil. Just 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 this morning, I was um, getting a little spiritual, good spiritual food through some of my gospel music. And you know, on YouTube, a whole bunch of different videos popped up. And I ended up watching a little bit of a video of a young girl that was killed by her husband. And he, before they got married, he had, you know, he was violent towards her. And then after they got married, and eventually he ended up killing her, beat her, and then she posted something on social media. But I thought to myself, before you get to that point, there are a lot of people that see you and know you. And that voice, no one is able to interject and say, hey, you know what, whatever you're trying to do, you don't want to end up killing the one person that's going to love you. And you don't want to end up spending the rest of your life in jail or now being killed, you know, spending the rest of your life on death row. But Again, it's about if you feed yourself with that. There's nothing when you say, you know, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to get help. You got to get help for anger management. That's what I got to do at a, a support group for anger management because some people have a real issue with anger. And I, I talked to one person about this and they said, well, you just don't understand, but I still believe it's something we can work on. But anyway, you can tell that voice to shut up. You can have, as I said before, you can change the channel. You can have your mind think about other things. And if you watch things that are inspirational and that are uplifting and encouraging, I am convinced you'll have less dark thoughts. If you listen to things like that, if you read things like that, I cannot stress upon you enough the importance of reading things that build positive thoughts. But the main thing, as I say, go back to this, you have to connect with the creator and you have to talk to him. You have to pour out what you're thinking and what you're feeling to him. And you have to say, God, help me, heal me, restore my mind, give me peace. Tell me what to do. This is a prayer that I strongly recommend. God, tell me what to do. To have peace because even though God is a supernatural power in the natural there are things that we have to do some of the things I've already mentioned you got to stop watching dark stuff and listening to dark stuff and being around dark people because if you take a clean glove and you dip it into dirt the glove will become dirty I'm a gardener and you every year the gardeners buy new gloves and guess what you go out there and you start digging up that dirt and your gloves are going to get dirty and that's how we are if you are around filth you are going to become filthy and you're not exempt you can't think I'm so special but you have to talk to God you have to begin to find what is good in your life in the Nicholas Cruz case he kept focusing on all the bad in his life but there was good in his life too he had a brother. He, he was alive. He could see. He could walk. He could talk. He could hear. Clearly he could hear. But what happens is, is the dark force 
wants you to just think about all the things that are wrong and all the things that you don't have. But he has so much. That is how you clear out that darkness instead of focusing on what's wrong, what's bad, what you don't have. Focus on what's good, what's right, and what you do have. And you would not believe how that changes your perspective and how you see things and how you look at things and decide. It is a decision that you can make with your mind if you are saying, you can say, I'm going to do good no matter what. You know, I read years ago, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And he talks about his experiences during the Holocaust. When people had nothing, everything was stripped from them. Their, even their dignity, but all their material possessions. And there were people in concentration camps still giving other people a morsel of bread. Now, there were some taking bread and exploiting the situation, even though they were prisoners and they were victims of this evil. But he said a man can make a choice no matter what. And if anybody was an example of showing us that that is done is somebody who survived the Holocaust. You can make the choice to think good things and do good things and be a good person no matter what. My red light is on my computer, you guys. I love talking to you guys and I pray that you have the peace that only God can give shower in your mind and heart. This is Sharif Hardy. Have a beautiful day. This is Bath Ball Therapy. Take care.